Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 24 of the Camera Shake podcast, uh, the podcast where we're talking about anything and everything that's got anything to do with photography, videography, making photos, making videos, and so on and so forth. And we'll also be uh, talking about some gear-related questions today, I think, because mm. um, there's, uh, yeah, there's some news, some Nikon news. <sighs> Nikon news. Isn't there all well, that's better than Canon news at the minute, isn't it? <laughs> well, we've been talking a lot about Canon. Yes, let's talk about Nikon. We've been complaining a lot about the fact that there hasn't been any Nikon news. And finally, um, they announced what was it, yesterday, day before maybe, yeah. last last couple of days anyway, um, the Z5, uh, Z6. No, the Z6 and the Z7. Sorry, Z6, Z7. Jeez. I know, yeah, who oh, can keep up with that? <laughs> They're finally uh, version twos are coming out. Yeah, version two. So it's not a, it's not like a brand new camera no. body that they're uh, introducing. It's it's essentially an incremental upgrade. Mm -hmm. Having said that, though, um, you know when we're saying incremental upgrade, it's it's kind of, I mean, it's quite a major upgrade to the physical part of the body. Not yeah. that it's it's not really going to change in size or shape or anything, but they are adding um, a second uh, memory card slot. <laughs> And uh, they'll now be, uh, it will now have the capability of taking a camera grip, like a battery grip. Yeah. You know, um, which will allow you to shoot, um, you know, in portrait mode and reach all the buttons and everything. I mean, they've basically addressed some of the major complaints um, that came out when they first launched um, the, the Z6 and the Z7. So that in itself is... Is pretty good, I think. Yeah, absolutely, and they've done it quick, quite quickly, really. Well, I mean, you know, people have been shouting very loud, yeah, very loudly. True. You know, um, the the only thing I think that's a bit of a letdown, and that's probably the reason why um, they haven't really branded it as a new model or something, is the fact that the Z6, for example, they're saying it's the the last camera uh, that will have a twenty four megapixel uh, processor in it. What chip? Uh, Sensor, even the process. So, so they are sticking with the same sensor in it, are they? Because I, yeah. I thought I read that they might have moved away from that sensor already. Yes, this is a Sony sensor in there. Yeah, correct. And they are moving away from that with the next major, the next model. major yeah. update. Fair so, enough. so there'd be no change as far as the sensor or uh, the process is concerned. This mm -hmm. camera, so it's essentially the same camera. They've just added another, um, uh, another SD or another card slot. Um, and I'm guessing it's an SD card slot. So yeah. um, that in itself, I always find it a little bit annoying because um, why I have two different formats? You know, it's sort of, it's, it's kind of annoying because now you have to deal with, I mean, it's a bit like having a, you know, a VHS um, VCR that also runs, I don't know, Betamax tapes. <laughs> why would you have that? Well, I remember you used to be able to get a combo TV, which was, you know, probably only 15 inches mm. with a DVD player and VHS player. Oh, really? Built. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. they were a thing here. You used to go down to down to Rumbelows and rent it back when renting TVs was a thing. Did you did you rent DVDs and then tape them and record them onto a VHS? I wouldn't like to confirm. Or... <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Didn't everyone? Yeah, well, you know. I mean... I remember when uh, this this really um, kind of dates me in terms of age, but I remember when uh, when first of all I remember when DVDs first came out, weirdly. Yeah. Um, but me I also too. I also remember when recordable DVDs mm. came out for the first time. That was, uh, it was quite an event. Yeah, yeah, it was exciting times. That was. Yeah, yeah. yeah the the number of DVDs <clears throat> DVDRs that I wasted 
because the burn failed or, or whatever. It was just, oh. yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, not yeah. good. I mean, I remember like manufacturing lots of, uh, you know, DVDs and whatever to send to like, I don't know, record companies, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was just, it was insane. There's something, you know, it's still a good idea to have DVDRs knocking about. Oh, I, do you know what? My, um, I've got a Apple, they call it a super drive. It's, it's a DVD burner, basically. Yeah. That <laughs> I got with my uh, iMac that I got in 2012, oh, yeah. right? Because it didn't come with a, CD drive inbuilt oh. was the first one that didn't, and my MacBook that I had then as well uh, also didn't have one, hmm. and obviously they've never had one since. But this super drive no longer works on my current MacBook. Oh, which really? This is a 2019 MacBook. Disgusting. Not that I ever need it, yeah. but I did need it to burn off some DVDs for um, a, a production, hmm. and it wouldn't work. Yeah. So I had to get I had to buy new software i had to dig out my old 2012 macbook thankfully i still got it mm. and run it off that and it worked well <clears throat> yeah i now have i mean since since the demise of my 2012 macbook pro um i now officially don't have any device that will play dvds in the house anymore wow um so yeah the, the days of wow. the dvd are over i think i only have i've got a playstation that's about it i don't even play that <laughs> we have a wii <laughs> back from i don't know which where. means you definitely have kids <laughs> yeah you know it's um we actually yeah we're just not into we're, well we're not really into playing computer games like that the kids are but they playing it on their like laptops and mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. Um, computers and whatever so um or on ipads or whatnot so mm-hmm. you know i'm you know i've got a couple of games on my imac uh which are Kara's games so she plays them once in a while, but that's about it. Wow. Right. Yeah. Oh, I feel for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I had this discussion with my stepson the other day because he was like, oh, you're going to play the PS5 when it comes out? Uh, are you going to buy the PS5 when it comes out? And I'm like, you know, I'm tempted. This looks really good. Like, no Sorry. doubt about that. What he actually meant was, are you going to buy me the PS5 when well, it comes out? Well, pretty much. But the, <laughs> see, the thing is, I had to decline the request because I know exactly. I mean, this looks so good that I can see myself becoming seriously addicted to mm-hmm. that and then there'll just simply be no time for anything else <laughs> you know, so. i've considered it um you can take pre-order it all already i think it's out in november i believe yeah. um but i'm not sure i've got yeah. other things i want to buy at the moment and i can't justify what four four hundred quid or whatever it is 500 quid to get a new playstation i can see myself playing battlefront on that any yeah. star wars related game no doubt about that. See, I don't buy any other games. I play mm. one game on there, and right. I play it online with, um, you know, three or four f- friends. That's mm. it. Yeah, and that's maybe maybe once a week. Yeah, for a couple of hours. <laughs> I, mean, I can't justify it at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, I would probably. I would say that if I did buy a PS5, that would probably be the marriage killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Aside from the fact it is ugly, oh, yeah. it is an awful looking piece of kit. Hmm. Even Xbox have done better. Uh, how did we get on to PlayStation? I don't, know. I don't even play them. We're talking about <laughs> set six, right? That's right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, is that six? <laughs> um, it, it's. I don't know what I think about it. I mean, I think it's a it's a definitely a good move to, you know, address concerns. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I mean, I realize you're not going to have to act. Um, really had to come up with something because you know the train is leaving the station for them 
um, as he goes. I think it's a well, there is there is that, and I think it's a good update while they're working on whatever it is. Hopefully, they're working mm. on whatever it is to mm. come out there to match what Canon are doing at the yeah. minute and what Sony are about to do. Yeah, they're going to have to come up with some, you know, like awesome sensors. I think mm-hmm. um, that's really the, that's the main that's the main thing for them. Um, that Sony sensor. I, I mean, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it really, but it is a 24 megapixel sensor, and it's probably time to move on. From that, if you look at what the competition are doing, you know, in terms of exactly um, high re- high resolution sensors, then it's probably time for them to move on. And I haven't really heard any rumors or anything so far about wh- where they're going with this. You know, that's the that's mm-hmm. the thing. So it'll be interesting to watch, though. I mean, you know, let's see. It's one of these um, announcements that's really almost like no news. Do you know what I mean? It is. It is. I think we. I mean, we've known it's coming for a while. We've known half the specs. I think for a while. The last couple of months. Are there any other updates uh, to it that happen? I'm pretty sure I read the slightly higher frame rate for um, frames per second for shooting, and that's. Um, it'll well. I mean, it's, like I said, they're, they're incremental mm. um, updates. Um, there'll be improvements to the autofocus and this and that and the other. Um, it's coming out in eight days from today, as we are shooting this. So uh, it'll probably be like like five days from when you're watching this yeah. or listening to this. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting to watch. Get some um, half days updates or firmware updates anyway, and they'll probably apply to the, the current yeah. um, six and seven anyway. Yeah. It'll, you know, it's one of these things, you know, I always say this, uh, there really isn't a bad camera out there. Um, and it'll be a super awesome camera to get into, um, especially if it retails at the same sort of price as mm-hmm. the original as these six, you know, sort of, then, yeah, it's a definite... You know, for the money, it'll be an awesome it will. piece of kit. I don't think they've got an argument to raise the price on it, really. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it was whether it would be a smart move to raise the price on it. I don't think it would. We'll see. Mm. We will see. But, um, yeah, I am signed up to get, you know, to get a reminder at 5 a.m. It's the, it's, the, <laughs> Whenever it uh, it's the 14th of October, isn't it, I mm. think. Um, is that, like, full-on announcement day or is that going to be release date i think that's release day okay yeah so the announcement uh takes place at 5 a.m british standard time mm-hmm. um so yeah cool so i'll get up for that that's fine <laughs> see where you'll be up anyway yeah, i'll be up anyway exactly you'll be up anyway it'll just be early morning entertainment yeah <laughs> nice so yeah i mean that's um you know that's that's exciting I feel like it's the first time we've announced anything Nikon related on this podcast. Yeah, it's probably going to be the last thing as well for a while. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, the other thing we have to announce, of course, is um, we have to give a shout out to one of our listeners. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So, Adam Richardson, if you're listening or if you're watching, awesome. Uh, we've been trying to figure out who's listening to us um, from Maryville, Tennessee. Mm. Right for uh, for a while, and this may or may not be Adam, but Adam got in touch with us uh, and said, "Hey, I'm listening to you from North Carolina, which is just next door." Yeah, really. So I have no idea how accurate this map is. So just to, you know, as an explanation, um, uh, in the background in the analytics um, of the audio version of this podcast, this little map, and we can kind of see where people are listening to us from. Um, it's not particularly accurate, and it will basically pinpoint a general area. You know, something mm-hmm. like Minneapolis. 
the uh, U.S. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little bit more <laughs> accurate than that. But um, so, uh, and it, it seems as though we have a couple of listeners or one listener uh, in Minneapolis as well. So, if that's you, please get in touch. Um, you know, send us an email on uh, cameraShakePodcast at gmail.com or uh, just hit us up on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash cameraShakePodcast. Send us a message on that. Be super awesome to get in touch with people and to see where you actually are when you're listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, we seem to be having listeners in Rugby, North Dakota. If that's you, again, get in touch. Send us a Facebook message um, or you know, send us an email or something like that. And we have somebody in Marengo. <laughs> Marengo. <laughs> Illinois. Wow. If that's anywhere close to where you are, I'd say like within a 500 mile radius, then this may very well be you, maybe. Uh, but again, you know, just get in touch. Uh, let us know. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know that you're enjoying the show. We hope you are, because otherwise, why would you be listening? And let us know if that's how you pronounce Marengo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, Adam, uh, again, big shout out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for getting in touch. And, um, you know, we hope you enjoy the show. Um, and uh, we hope you shoot Nikon. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's our little listener shout out. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So other than that, what's what else has been happening this weekend? To me personally, zero. And the reason for that is I have been, I've had the man flu all week, hmm. like you did yeah. for a few days, but it affected me really badly. Oh, it's not COVID. Yeah. To be clear, but I've been really, really ill all week. I've literally laid down for like six days straight. Mm. Awful, felt terrible. Yeah. So not a lot, not a lot for me. I think. I mean, you feeling we, better? Um, yeah, I feel. I feel all right actually. Yeah. Um, I think we got close to having to having to do another kind of Zoom podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, which I'll I don't know if you can hear, but it's still, I'm still not right. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of episodes ago, when I had the man flu. Um, I listened back to that episode and I actually quite enjoyed listening for the first time. I quite enjoyed listening to my own voice because it, uh, it sounded kind of nasal and uh, somehow more manly. I don't know what that was. So you're going to take up a new job uh, doing voiceovers for film trailers? Absolutely. No problem. <laughs> God, if they sounded like that, I would not go and see that film. <laughs> oh, well, you say go and see that film. Of course, now that a whole cinema chain has shut down in the UK, there might not be an opportunity to see it. That's film. right. Yeah. That's a sad day. Yeah, Cineworld. Mm. Shut down. What the hell? Yeah, that's mad. Crazy. I don't, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, that's bad, bad news. Yeah, that seriously sucks. And of course, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm sort of guilty, you know, in part because I really haven't been to the cinema since no. since uh, the, the whole pandemic outbreak type of thing. Um, so, you know, I can see why it had to come to this. Uh, but nevertheless, under normal circumstances, I'm quite an, you know an avid cinema goer because I love movies, mm. um, and I'm lucky enough to be married to a woman who is obsessed with sci-fi movies too. So you know we hit the cinema quite regularly, um, and uh, and my kids love the cinemas. You know, so it'll be yeah, it'll be uh, really frustrating if mm-hmm. you know. And Cineworld is a it's really it's a nationwide chain, not not only a nationwide chain, it's an international um, chain, and um, they really run massive, you know, multiplex cinema complexes, and they're everywhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. So uh, they're really hard to beat. They blamed um, James Bond, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and I can see that. 
to a to a point. So I think the point that they were making was that um, obviously studios have stopped releasing uh, or postponing uh, or have been postponing movies. Um, and originally, uh, everything was delayed until the fall, like November, mm. um, October, November time. And so I think the hope was that they could hang on until then. There'd be some major blockbusters, including uh, the latest James Bond movie would come out and that would draw people back into the cinema. Um, and now that the producers of uh, of James Bond have uh, announced that they're now going to be pushing that back till, I believe, April 21. That's an entire year's delay. Yeah, an entire year's delay. It was, it was originally supposed to come out in April 2020. Mm. Then it was pushed back to October. And now it's been pushed back to April 21. So I think that was um, the straw that broke the camel's back, essentially. You know, a major, major, major blockbuster that was now not, that's now not going to happen for another six months. There, and there isn't really anything else that's that's coming out. Everything else has been pushed back as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Avatar 2 and 3, that's, we're probably never going to see that, actually, because we've been, like, that's, been talking about this for the last 12 years or whatnot. Um, and I don't really know whether I want to see that now. No. I'm, like, over the whole Smurf thing. No, I didn't particularly enjoy the first one all that much. It was all right when it came out, and it was novelty because it was, I think, was it the first <clears> film <throat> in 3D? Um, it was certainly the first movie that I went to see in 3D. Yeah. Um, and, and I was somewhat disappointed with it. I've since then seen better movie, better 3D movies, um, but uh, I found it very disappointing mm. um, originally. I mean, not only the fact that you've got to be watching with glasses on, which I'm, I don't naturally or normally wear glasses, so the whole thing is a bit, that's kind of annoying. But um, it was also that the 3D-ness of it wasn't really that convincing to me. Um, it, to me, it always felt like you had a, it was almost like having three panes of glass <laughs> and you've got something <laughs> happening on the foreground and then something happening in the midground, you know, like which seemed very flat and something happening in the in the background. And again, that was very flat. And it wasn't really three-dimensional. That's how it came across to me. It was more like you have three panes of glass and there's something happening on this plane and something happening on this plane and something happening on that yeah. plane. And then it was supposed to kind of create the uh, illusion of it being three-dimensional. And it really didn't do it for me. No. But it's another sci-fi blockbuster and I'm into sci-fi movies. You know, so in principle... There's nothing, you know, it's, it's a good flick, if you know what I mean. You know, yeah. it's um, it's a bunch of oversized Smurfs, you know, ravaging through the jungle. It's all cool. I can do that for a couple of hours, <laughs> you know. It's got spaceships in it. Things blow up. Who am I not to see that? Oh, this is true. It's all good. Um, so, you know, from an entertainment value perspective, it was uh, it was good. It was just that um, there was, at the time, there was a lot of hype about it being 3D and stuff, and it, uh, I came out being pretty disappointed i don't know what i was expecting either i mean it's you know yeah um so it was a maybe i was expecting sort of a star trek holodeck experience and it didn't quite live up to that 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 when that happens <laughs> i'll go back to uh, yeah well <laughs> that's it right i haven't really been necessarily i haven't really been waiting for another installment of you know no. of uh of avatar no, i don't think anybody has so well I guess, you know, there's probably some hardcore fans, I'm guessing. I'm not sure it's going to hit with the younger generation either now. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just depends on how they, you know, what they're doing with it. It's, you know, it might be another, I don't know, it might turn into a teenage flick. Who knows? Put it this way. I saw it once. I've never watched it again. Right. You know, that 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 to me says, it's, just from my perspective, yeah. obviously, that 
it really didn't hit the mark. It's not good. Well, I mean, I saw it in the cinema in 3D. Um, I've seen it on the you know, at home on TV in 2D um, because the kids like watching it actually. So it's my kids like it more than I do. Um, and uh, and I have to say, I'm not missing anything. There's certain 3D movies or 3D versions of movies where I can, you know, I, I think watching the 3D version is an experience in itself. And controversially, I would say the latest uh, Star Wars trilogy is actually one of those because we have a family tradition whereby we, um, mm. my wife and I, we're, we're sci-fi fans and we're Star Trek, uh, Star, Star Trek, oh my God, Star Wars nuts, right? <laughs> we also like Star Trek, by the way, especially my wife, she's crazy about that. Um, but the thing about Star Wars is that um, there's a 3D version and then there's you know, the standard cinematic release 2D version. And uh, whenever there's a new Star, Star Wars movie uh, that comes out, we always go and watch both. And the reason is really simply that if we don't go and watch it in 3D in the cinema when it first comes out, then then really, realistically, we'll never again have the opportunity to see it in 3D. Ever. Right? Which way around do you watch it? Um, There's probably no real sequence to it. I mean, we, um, we've been to see the 3D version first and then the 2D version. Um, what we do, that our family tradition is, so Star Wars, Star Wars movies traditionally get released around about Christmas time, right? Mm -hmm. December-ish. And so we, there's a cinema um, in West London uh, where it's like one of these like really cool cinemas that's like, uh, it's in an old, which used to be a theater, I guess. So it's really ornate and it's like big leather, leather chairs in there. Um, and the front row consists of six double beds, right? And so you can basically hire one of those double beds and they've got really awesome coffee and like really cool brownies and the whole shebang. Sorry, do you need to wear skinny jeans and have a long, big, bushy beard to get into? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you know, I'm working on that. But um, it's, you know, it's a cool experience. It's definitely a cool experience. And it also, it doesn't break the bank either. So it's, you know, the tickets are reasonable. They're really probably no, um, no more expensive than like a like 4D experience or something, you know, in, in a multiplex. So so we've, we've sort of made it um, a family tradition that my wife and I would go when, this, when a Star Wars movie would come out, we would watch the Star Wars movie in that cinema in a double bed. Awesome. So weird. Yeah, it's great. No, it's great. It's, it, it's wicked. And so, you know, and they do, um, they have 3D showings and 2D showings. And so it just mm -hmm. but, but it's a, you know, it's a really fun, fun experience. Um, it's just sort of a bit of a, you know, you know, a, a slightly more luxurious uh, cinema experience. And, you know, what, what worries me about the fact that, you know, one of the major global chains uh, as it's in the world have shut down, albeit hopefully only temporarily, is that smaller cinemas and independent cinemas and like smaller chains um, that, that really, you know, cinemas that offer this very different experience that they really won't be able to survive at all. Mm. You know, and that's mm. worrying because it's, you know, movies and going to the movies and going to the cinema, it's been, that's been such a major part of my life. Ever since I was a kid, I loved it. You know, the reason why I'm a photographer the reason why I, you know, started making videos when I was a kid, it's because I was inspired by the movies, you know, by the big screen, you know, that's, it's like, that's been such a major driving force um, in my life that it's really disappointing to see like, you know, 
cinema world shutting down. It's like, you know, you hear about all sorts of other businesses shutting down and, and of course it has an impact and you think like, oh man, that's really crap. And you drive through town and you look at the high street, you know, and you, you think like, oh shit, if these like, you know, if these cafes go, then, you know, we're only going to yeah. be left with charity yeah. shops and this and then the other, you know, yeah. blah, blah. But then when you like, when it hits the cinema or something that's so dear to your heart, it's like, oh man, that's really deflating. Like that's depressing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's just like. Absolutely. It's just uh, something I, I thought was really quite sad. I mean, my hope is that some of these smaller chains, the smaller independent cinemas will be okay because I think the people who typically go to those kind of cinemas will have continued to go when it's been allowed to, yeah. to happen, right? Um, that's my hope. Who knows if that's accurate mm. or not. And But the issue that I'm going to see now, or we'll probably see, is that if Cineworld, they stay shut, um, what's the name of the other major chain in the UK? Oh, View. View. Yeah, yeah that's the other big one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that they will ultimately take over Cineworld's premises. You know, we'll start leasing them out. Yeah. So they've got presence there if or they don't already, <laughs> or they'll be gone. And that's not good for the cinema goer. Yeah. What's that going to do? It's going to reduce choice, yeah. uh, which is never good, and it's going to raise prices, probably. Yeah. <clears throat> not good it's not good when you go to the cinema these days it's not cheap anyway although no um i would say that um they've been working hard to add value to um because of course there's been this move away from going to the cinema since you know the event of netflix and the huge massive televisions and all the rest <clears throat> of it and of course you know during the pandemic there was a thing at some point over the summer where i could see lots of posts like on facebook and wherever like you know, friends setting up their like home cinemas at home, you know, mm, yeah, with a bed sheet and a projector, you know, yeah. and uh, that's that's really cool. But of course, it does mean, or it has meant over the last seven, ten years or whatever, that there's been sort of a move away from going to the cinema. Just as you know, in comparison, when I was a kid, and my parents were never early adopters to um, bigger screen sizes when it came to television. They were always quite happy to just watch in the tube, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and we always like when I was a kid, we never had like large turbines, so it was like pretty small. And so going to the cinema for me was like that was a massive experience, yeah. you know. And so nowadays it's so easy to just go. Oh, I was just gonna watch some movie on Netflix. So of course, the choice back then was um, much smaller as well. Yeah, if you wanted to yeah. watch the latest movie, um, then you had to go to the cinema because you know. Like, you know, growing up in the south of Germany for a large part of my childhood, you know, we had like, what, four channels or something? You know what I mean? Um, until, again, my parents weren't exactly early adopters of satellite or cable television. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so whilst all my friends were like, you know, happily zapping through like, you know, a thousand channels, it was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's go, uh, three, four, <laughs> you know. And what? TV? Yeah, no, TV. No. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've to crank the gramophone. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, it's easier for people to get the cinema experience at home these days and has been for the, the longest time. And in fact, you know, lots of te- televisions these days, you get a, a better picture experience than you would on at, at the cinema, right? Without no. people's heads going in the way and all that. So cinemas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cinemas need to do more than just show a film. Okay. And ideas like the the independent cinema that you were talking about earlier, where yeah. you go where you go to watch Star Wars, is the right approach. 
Right, you know, that, well, that's, it's the right idea to an approach. Cinemas need to provide a whole experience rather than yeah. just showing a film in a seat that, okay, it's comfortable, but I don't want to step on sticky crap on the floor yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, for I'm sure, sick yeah. of that. Absolutely, yeah. And it's got to be, it needs to become that for people to want to go back to mm. the cinema. Yeah, there's got to be something in it. Um, yeah. yeah, so, I, you know, I'm watching with trepidation. Exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> just thing. real quick on the release of films being postponed, I did see that the new Borat film is coming out. <laughs> But I, don't know. I saw it on the trailer and I didn't, maybe it's an Amazon Studios film now that they took this second film on, but it's being released in the next couple of three weeks or whenever, it, I'm not sure when mm. it is, or soon. Um, but it's being released directly to Amazon Prime. Well. Um, I would suggest it's an Amazon Studios film, but still, it's not going to cinema. Well, see, and that's, you know, that's also not the first time that's happened uh, in this pandemic because um, the latest Tom Hanks blockbuster um had been, and I can't remember what it was called. It was like a war movie type of a thing. Greyhound? No. Greyhound, yeah. That's Greyhound? Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, a decent movie. If you like that kind of movie, um, Tom Hanks' performance was really good in it. Um, and it was, you know, again. Is there anything he's not good in? I don't know. It just kind of depends on whether you like Tom Hanks or not. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm okay with Tom Hanks. <laughs> you know, but, um, but the thing is, like, again, this was one of these uh, movies that was obviously aimed at a cinematic release um, and it was pulled from that and it was uh, the rights to it were bought by Apple, I believe. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was released on Apple TV or Apple plus TV plus, yeah, whatever it's called. It. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was from, from Apple's perspective, of course it was a clever move because you, know, you now have a blockbuster that draws people to your channel as it were. Um, but again, cinemas then lost out on yet, yet another blockbuster. Mm. And so, you know, that's obviously been going on. I can also see it from the studio's perspective. You know, of course, the, you know, creating these movies cost a whole ton of money, hundreds of millions of, of dollars and, or pounds. And of course, there's got to be a realistic um, chance of making that money back, you know. Um, and sometimes the marketing budget for a movie like that is even higher than the actual original production costs, you know? So, so it needs to come out with a decent profit in order to enable studios to pour more money into future releases. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's been occasions where, you know, just the failure of one movie would take a whole studio down that's been around for like a hundred years, yeah, you know? That's absolutely right. And so that's the, the sort of impact that I can have and the kind of the sums of money that we're talking about. That, that go into, you know, movie production. So I can see how, you know, as a studio, we're sitting and you go like, well, there's no realistic um, chance of making any of the money back if we release it now because nobody's going to the cinema. There'd be no tickets yeah. sold, you know, no money to be made. I can see the, I can see it from both sides. But then, of course, if if cinemas don't have, you know, a stream of of movies that are being released for cinematic release by the studios, then they don't really have any product to sell. So it's a bit like, trying to keep a shop open but not having anything to actually sell. Mm. It's I can really see it from both sides. As a consumer, I guess, you know, as a cinema goer or cinema lover, if you want, I'm really disappointed that this happened. But I can see it from a I can see it from a business perspective and I can also see it from a studio perspective as to why you would hang on to. They're probably already losing enough money as it is by not releasing it. That they're kind of thinking, well, we're going to have to just 
you know. I wonder if they'll still re, uh, have a cinema release at some point in the future for those who don't have Apple. And the thing is, you know, God knows how much it costs to make that movie. I doubt yeah. they got that back in rights costs from Apple. No, probably not. It was, maybe it was just, you know, damage limitation or whatever. It, it, that's that's how I'm seeing it, yeah. I think. And I, I, they probably didn't put anything into marketing in the end for it. I'm guessing they rely on Apple to do that because it will be saying on their streaming service. I mean, I know, I know Tom Hanks... I saw an interview with Tom Hanks and he wasn't apparently wasn't particularly thrilled about about how that played out in the end. Um, and I can again, I can understand that because yeah, actually, you know, you want people to have the experience, at least initially, um, of watching a movie on a big screen like that, mm. because it is, it is different. It is. You know, it's totally different. I used to when I was a kid, I used to sit in the front row in the cinema. That was like my way of total immersion. Um, you know, you sit in the front row. You look up, like you're totally immersed in the in the thing. You've got to turn your head to take in the whole screen, which basically kind of feels like you're in the scene in a way, in a weird three D sort of way. Um, and it was just total immersion. I used to do it all the time. Go have a friend. Let me know if anything interesting happens over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Very disappointing. Right. So, how did we get onto that? I don't know. Oh, um, it was just one of the stories that. Oh, that's yeah. right. Sorry, I thought we were still talking about the Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Hello. Hi. You right? No, we're in the middle of filming at the moment. Can you? You actually, you're on camera right now. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, there you go. That's going home. Speaking of, because we're on the topic of uh, films. Oh, obviously, you're a sci-fi nut mm. as well. New series of uh, Discovery on uh, Netflix yes. coming up in the next two or three weeks. Yeah. Dang that should be good. That's all we're going to say on that. Leave it there. <laughs> um, so, because we're talking about films, Adobe are uh, integrating um, their, so they're calling it color grading. Okay. Into Lightroom. Oh, yes, I heard about it. So that. in Lightroom, we normally have split toning, <clears throat> mm-hmm. which allows you to tint the shadows and mm. highlights and whatnot, right? But they're introducing what they call another section called color grading. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to completely replace split toning or just um, be in addition to, mm. but they're taking it from um, uh, Premiere Pro, which is yeah, what's connecting <laughs> to film. So in Premiere Pro, you, you can tint shadows and highlights using a color wheel. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Split toning in Lightroom is done on uh, sliders, right? If uh, yeah. yeah, and you got you got a couple of sliders for hue. You've got a slider for hue, slider for saturation, saturation as well, right? Um, but they're introducing uh, shadows and highlights, color wheels there instead, hmm. but also midtones. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah which is absolutely. really really all. Why it's taken them so long to do that, I don't know. It's no. No brainer. It makes things a lot simpler. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is a, it simplifies the workflow there because yeah. previously you'd have to essentially um, color grade the midtones using um, RGB curves, mm-hmm. you know, and then you. This would be my workflow. Typically, you know, you would uh, color grade to to an extent using um, RGB curves. Then um, you would potentially go in and um, and uh, tone the shadows and the highlights separately but but really i mean once you're at it in rgb curves then you might as well do everything <laughs> exactly. so, yeah, totally <laughs> you know so the amount of times that i would actually use the split toning function i, I would use it like uh, if i would just tone something 
on on the quick. Yeah, you know, yeah. it would totally work yeah. for that. Um, or just to give it like a, a finishing touch. You know, that would mm-hmm. uh, that would happen like um, typically. If I just sort of do a general color grade, or if I just realized, okay, I'll just need like maybe I'm gonna push a little bit of blue into the shadows yeah. or whatever. Um, or to know, but it's not really. It's one of the lesser used functions yeah. in the stuff that I normally do. But at least now you can have a whole color wheel for all three areas to yeah. quickly go in, rather than having to go mm, right. If I push a little more green, <laughs> yeah. what's that actually going to do to yeah, the color? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and RGB curves are not the easiest to use. They're a bit annoying. Um, in a way that it works because yeah. you get to flick back and forth between the blue, red, and the green, whatever. So it's like, um, you know, it's a little bit um, cumbersome. Mm-hmm. It's a cumbersome way of working. So, um, and I enjoy um, color wheels in Final Cut Pro because mm-hmm. uh, Final Cut introduced them over a year ago. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely made the color grading process a lot easier mm-hmm. there as well because it was, it was similar you know, previously where you had this. It was just a pretty limited way of, of color grading beforehand. Um, and so, yeah, that's it's a really welcome addition, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it looks, so it's going to be in Lightroom. It's going to be in their raw camera app as well. Not that I, I never use that. Yeah. Um, so it'll be nice. It'll be, I don't know when it's coming. Um, I think it's going to be an update later this year. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it's almost, almost ready. Maybe they'll release it at the same time as uh, Replace the Sky. Yeah, sky replacement. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would bet that both of these things are both of these, um, you know, upgrades are probably coming at the same time. I'm sure you would have thought. Yeah, uh, which kind of makes that a really worthwhile upgrade overall. Yep. You know, that's yep. definitely um, got some some cute functions in definitely. there. Definitely. Yeah. Are you finding? Um, uh, are you still using the the previous main version of um, Photoshop? And no. Right. Or have you finally? Fully moved. Yeah. So is it stable uh, now? Yeah. What I what I have found is that um, Photoshop twenty twenty is actually working a lot better now, and yeah. it is a lot more stable. Than, well, actually, I've had no problems recently with it. Um, so just as a you know, uh, as an update for for those of you watching or listening, um, when Photoshop brought out the twenty twenty version originally, uh, it was really really unstable, and so um, it meant that you know I spent more time looking at the color wheel, at the spinning color wheel, you know, or the spinning Apple wheel, um, than actually being able to do anything um, in Photoshop. So I had to go back to using the 2019 version of Photoshop um, for quite a long time. And it's really mainly since, well, maybe I'd say for the last maybe three months or something, two and a half months. You see, it's interesting because uh, um, you know, what I've, found was and primarily with premiere pro mm. it was similar similar mm. issues kind of going on there too but i found it, it actually has ended up being a lot more stable since um i upgraded my os to catalina oh, okay well might be a coincidence mm. and then might have done updates at the same time it's corrected a lot of all this stuff but that's kind mm. of the point i found things to become more stable for me yeah because i remember upgrading to catalina uh, on my original MacBook Pro first. Um, and I don't think it made that much of a difference um, initially, but I, I can definitely say that on my iMac, I've had no problems with uh, Photoshop 2020. See, I didn't upgrade to Catalina until about five months ago. No, right, okay. Because I wait a really long time to upgrade because I do a lot of audio work as well, mm. and it just ruins until they almost all those. I wait for like 20 different software yeah. manufacturers to go, 
yeah, we're good. We're cap- compatible now. Yeah. It's only when they all go, so, yeah, so yes, will I upgrade? Yeah. So well, it ruins everything that I work on. And so I was really late going to Catalina, and now Big Sur's coming out yeah. already. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, God. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's incredible how much of a difference that can um, make to your workflow. Mm-hmm. Like I remember um, it's been in the middle of the summer when we had to push a lot of video content out. Um, and so therefore, and there was a big need to, um, uh, to design thumbnails and, you know, um, and I was using Photoshop a lot, uh, mainly to design things that was a major hang up. And that's, that's really why ultimately I decided to go back to 2019, mm. uh, to, uh, to the 2019 version, because it would just, it was just impossible to work. You know, it would just, you know, uh, yeah, it would, just, it would just make it completely impossible to yeah. get anything done. Yeah. Um, and it was very, very frustrating. And of course, then, you know, you switch back to the 2019 version, everything works super smoothly. I mean, you think, well, that's, that's just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I've had, but like I said earlier, I've had no um, no real issues for some time now. So it seems to, everything seems to have kind of fallen into place. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I mean, I'm going to hang on to Catalina for a while. I don't think I'm in no hurry to. Um, uh, I, I'm not even sure Big Sur's out yet, but um, it will be in next few weeks, I guess. Yeah. But no, I probably want to upgrade that until you know, May. Do you know if there's any new features coming? Do you know, I don't know. I, I don't look anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I do find in general the new features that get added uh, aren't really relevant for me. I don't care enough to use yeah. them. You know, it makes no difference to my actual workflow. But see, sometimes I think like, oh, this is a really cool feature, like the sidecar thing, for example. I've yet to use it. Well, I kind of thought, I yeah, thought I would. Well, when it was when I was using my MacBook Pro and the, the screen was considerably smaller, I think, oh, I thought, you know, that's a good idea because you can have like a second screen and you know, mm-hmm. perfect. But then, of course, I realized that actually, no, that's not going to work because my iPad's too old. Uh, yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. So that's not worth me upgrading my iPad. I have just thought. So when I was trying to use it, I thought what I thought it would be really good for, um, provided I was at my desk, because normally I'd have my MacBook, I'd then connect that, that go to my monitor and I'd mm-hmm. sit at my desk and use the monitor. Um, the way my desk is set up, because I do a lot of, because all my audio stuff is there as well, I can't really open the laptop and use it in an easy way. Mm. So I thought what I could use is my iPad using Sidecar just to put the... Um, the, the monitor of what I'm working on in yeah. Premiere Pro into it yeah. and have the rest of the space to edit on. Mm. I was doing that when I was having problems still mm. with Premiere Pro. And that was in the first kind of week or two of upgrading to Catalina where yeah. you could do that. And I still having major issues with it. Um, so I stopped. Mm. But now everything's settled down and seems to be working okay. I'm wondering mm. whether that's worth trying again. Yeah. That could, could be. be interesting. And you've yeah. just constantly got it there. Because switching between some of the views in Premiere Pro is a bit of a pain. Yeah. And there's loads of other stuff you can't see that you want to be able to see, even on a big 27-inch yeah. monitor. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm finding, I'm liking the iMac monitor. Um, I, I like it because the resolution is awesome, but it's also, um, it just gives me a lot more space. And of course, coming from editing on a laptop screen to um, you know a much bigger screen, has uh, really, I, I'm just loving the real estate. Mm. You know, so yeah, it yeah. just allows me to do a lot more things um, and have a number of things open at the same time, you know, and so it's it makes life easier. Yeah. It's definitely been yeah, the right sure. move. Because initially, you know, when I um, realized I had to upgrade my uh, my computer, you know, I was umming and ahhing as to whether I should just simply upgrade to a newer um, MacBook Pro version or whether I should go 
and invest into an iMac um, or, or you know a, a computer station for whatever you, for lack of a better word. Um, because of course it comes with drawbacks and it comes with like you know disadvantages. Like you can't you know mobile you can't take it anywhere. You're basically stuck in the same place and you know. Um, but I have to say, for me personally, it's been an absolute worthwhile decision. I mean, it's, it's really made a major difference to uh, to what I do. And that's not only because, of course, it's a newer computer and everything works smoother and all the rest of it, but it's actually just simply down to the fact that um, there's a bigger screen. It's better for my eyes. I actually sit with a better posture. It's made a massive difference, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so much more fun to work on. Mm-hmm. You know, because even the, the the latest MacBook Pro would have still just been a laptop and it would have still been the same size screen as my old MacBook Pro. Yep. You know what I mean? And so it wouldn't have made any difference in that respect. Of course, yeah, it would have been faster and smoother and all the rest of it. But nevertheless, the basic working conditions, if you want to call it that, would have been the same. Mm-hmm. You know. So um so that's yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm happy to you know, to work on a on an iMac, and I know it's expensive, and but there's it, it, you feel more creative, and like you want to be there doing something, and it, it really helps. Totally, you know, and this was like uh, my whole point in like building my workspace at home. You know, and I spent a lot of time thinking about and designing, and you know, uh, creating the space that I can work in. Um, I've created a little creative space for myself, you know, with a desk and, and shelving and lighting and lit the whole thing in a number of different ways and uh, can change the lighting and change things around. And um, it just, to me, just sitting down there and and working is a creative experience in itself. And I like it, you know, and it's a thing, it's a space where I like to sit down and I like to work and I'm not feeling like I'm cramped in a corner somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I get a backache after like 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a, it's a much more pleasant experience. Um, and it does make you more creative. Absolutely. I've actually just, do you remember I've been um, thinking about uh, getting a plant to go onto my desk? Yep. Right. And so. I Chosen sp- one? Well, I spent the last, uh, the last week actually looking at different plants. So I looked at fake plants, I looked at real plants, looked at, I don't know, all sorts of different greenery Right, and I'm not an expert on, on plants at all. I just needed something that was approximately like this high, and uh, you know, there's there's so much space for it on my desk, and yada yada, and all the rest of it. And now I've bought a lava lamp. Nice. Yes, I have one. Well, so I didn't buy just <laughs> one lava lamp. I actually may have bought two. Ah, uh, but yeah. So they're going to go either side or no, both I, on one side? Well, no. Have I, you bought different sizes? No, I bought different uh, colors. Yeah. Because I couldn't make up my mind as to which color. What color have you gone for? Um, so I've gone for uh, orange and blue. Yeah. Right. So it's orange lover and like blue liquid, whatever. And then the other thing is kind of sort of white and blue. Um, and I couldn't make up my mind as to which one I like more or which one would look better on my desk and also because of course you know we're shooting tutorials in that space so you know i kind of thought well it's gonna i wasn't really sure what was going to look better on camera as well so i kind of figured i'll just get them both because to be honest i was surprised how inexpensive lava lamps are 10 15 quid yeah it's like roughly yeah 20 quid let's say um so yeah so i kind of thought you know well i get a couple of those it was inspired by my stepson who bought himself a lava lamp last weekend. And I, you know, we tried it out. Next year we'd put it, he goes like, oh, can we put it on your desk? I just want to, you know, let it warm up and see what it looks like. And I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do that. And I'm like, done. Whoa, this looks cool. Done. And his is green, so it wouldn't fit in with um, with my desk. But 
Um, I kind of thought, yeah, that's the solution. Nice. Maybe. I've got a uh, a red one in my studio, oh. and <laughs> I think part of the reason, like, cause I'll, I'll often only put it on in the evening if I'm working in there, and you know, just, you know I'm putting the lights on and whatnot. Yeah. But um, what I remember, I've, I've, I rarely use it now, and the reason I rarely <laughs> use it is because I put it on once in the evening. I left something exporting. Mm. and so i have a power conditioner in there for all my audio gear and it's actually connected to an extension lead coming out the back of that so i turn it all off with one switch Mm -hmm. so i left it on while something was exporting and i and but i turned my other lamps on in the room off Mm. because they're just connected to the out regular outlets and i went out for a couple of hours but so i went out didn't really look back or anything Mm. i just carried on when i came back i looked up what's that and I looked up at the window, mm. even though the blind was kind of half closed, mm. I looked up at the window and it was just the whole room was red. Oh, no. <laughs> I felt like Roxanne. Oh, God. <laughs> <coughs> Man. It did not look good no. from the outside. Did not look good. Very worrying. Very, very worrying. Yeah. So speaking of plants, this is one of the first indoor plants that I've managed to keep alive. But you remember when we had the set accident a few weeks yeah. ago? Gradually, all the other leaves that got damaged by that and squashed, they've all died. It's all gone off. So I'm left with one stem, which is just about surviving. It looks like it's doing okay. I've had yeah. to prop it up with a stick. See see this one here? That's going. That's dead. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. That's that's dead. That'll be gone shortly. So I'll be left with three or four, four leaves coming out. Might <laughs> oh. be time for a new one. What survived for a few weeks then? Yeah, it did all right. Did all right, did all right, but yeah, oh well, never mind. I think uh, my daughter named it Stephen the other day. Stephen, yeah, Stephen. Oh, I wonder how Jeffrey's doing. <laughs> Jeffrey's all right. Yeah, Jeffrey's all right. He's uh, he's growing bigger and stronger. Oh wait, it's not Jeffrey. Which one is the one at work? Frankie boy. Frankie. <laughs> That's right. We do name our plants. It's weird because he was almost dying. Was In he? fact, he's probably gone now. Uh, yeah, we should have a look at that. Mm. No. Um, I'll be there on Wednesday. I'll check. Yeah. Um, so what else? Oh, I tell you what. Trains. So there's a super hilarious uh, story that I came about um, a day or so ago. So for all the Harry Potter fans out there, um, apparently the Hogwarts, <laughs> well, the Hogwarts Express, um, the train from the Harry Potter franchise, um, was uh, on its way up to the, the north of Scotland or something. And uh, so it was uh, it was passing through some stations in Scotland. And of course, that drew large numbers of um, spectators, mm-hmm. you know, who wanted to take a picture of the, of the train as it was passing by the platform. Sure. And so, um, so at this one station, um, this mass of people congregated, you know, with their, with their phones ready and cameras ready to take a picture. And just at the very moment, as the Hogwarts Express was, you know, going through the station, some commuter train comes in and blocks the view for everyone. Brilliant. So uh, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And then you know, somebody was filming the whole thing on their phone. I saw it and I was like, okay, well, that was worth coming out for That's that. That's amazing. Probably the one time <laughs> the train's been on time as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's lame. <laughs> so yeah, for all those Harry Potter fans up in Scotland, I'm very sorry for your loss. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Amazing. The other thing that I thought was actually worth mentioning was that Adamus 
um, have announced the release of a um, USB to HDMI card or adapter, whatever you want to call it. Which USB to hood me. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, that will basically allow you to um, to connect your DSLR or mirrorless camera to your computer and use that as um, like a webcam, for example, or recording device. So you should be able to use any camera that has a USB output. Okay. Um, or sorry, an HDMI output, and connect that to your PC um, or Mac or whatever uh, via the via the USB port, um, which sounds awesome. And of course, my first thought was like, yeah, but everybody's been announcing that recently, you know, yeah. like Sony and Fuji and whatever. All the major brands. Nikon, yeah, all the major brands have. Um, but then, of course, if you think about it, um, that's all well and good because that works really well with the latest models. But if you're, you know, if you still have a camera that's maybe a little bit older or four or five years old, like a D750, for example, like a Nikon D750 or something like that, um, then you won't be able to use that with the with the new upgrades. But with this Atomos connector, you will. Okay. And that's probably that's not, cool. not a bad thing. And also, you know, to make matters even better, um, it's not really going to break the bank either. It's only going to be like $80 or something. So Oh, okay. That's not bad. This, don't get me wrong. This stuff's great. It's very, very good. Yeah. It's high quality, but yeah. it is expensive. Yeah. So it's uh, sort of really, they've come up with something that's relatively inexpensive and it might solve you know, a number of problems and might give people the opportunity to upgrade the quality of their, you know, computer video mm. um, by using, you know, by using the actual camera. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking that could be cool. You know, um, I could connect, I don't know, the Fuji X100F or something, you know, mm. and use that as a webcam potentially. That's cool. Um, that's cool. Yeah. That's definitely like that. worth mentioning. Um, it's available for pre-order at the moment. So okay. um, I don't know. I'm guessing it'll be they'll release it soon. Mm. So that was uh, that was something I think was uh, was worth talking about. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I like that. Mm. Um, you know, it makes me make, makes me think. Well, why was it restricted from like Nikon's release? Uh, what their their update? Why why prevent older models if <clears throat> I don't know? Asimov's I mean, able to do it. Yeah, I'm not. I mean. I'm not. I really don't know. You know, that was never really mentioned um, before. It was just simply, you know, they would release an update, and then it would give you a list of models that it would work with. Um, you know, maybe I don't know. Who knows? Hmm. You know, I, it's it's like I said, and you know, we talked about this, um, you know, a number of episodes ago, and uh, you know, I still maintain. You know, my attitude is still the same. It's like, why hasn't this happened five years ago or mm -hmm. whatever? I mean, this is like such a. In a way, this is such a lame update because this is really something that you should be totally expecting of your 2000 pound camera mm -hmm. do you know what i mean i mean this right. is like this is just such a ridiculous thing um to to not be able to do with a camera you spend that much money on mm -hmm. it, that in itself boggles boggles the mind so mm -hmm. you know but now you'll be able to do it for 80 quid did you did you just say boggle yeah great word like it i know boggle Boggle the mind. Reminds me of Demolition Man. <laughs> really? What seems to be your boggle. Right. So there's one final thing. Shoot. That I thought, um, you know, that, that caught my eye this week. Um, and that's the fact that Olympus have concluded the the sale of their imaging division um, to uh, to JIP, which, well, who knows what that is, but 
Um, Jip. <laughs> Jip, yeah. Jip or Jif? I sold it to a peanut butter company. Hey. <gasps> um, so, so they've obviously announced the sale of the imaging division um, some time ago, uh, but now some of the details have mm-hmm. have been released, and, and apparently the whole sales process has now been concluded. So it's all it's all going ahead and it's all happening. Um, now there's a number of of things I think for Olympus shooters to uh, to pay attention to. Really, um, one is that in the official statement, um, they don't really mention anything about cameras or lenses. So this may initially be a little bit worrying if you're an Olympus shooter because you kind of think, well, what is, okay, so what's going to happen with, first of all, the sort of future or ongoing support of the kit that I already have, mm. you know, my mm-hmm. camera body and uh, and lenses and everything. And also, you know, what, what's, what's the future for Olympus as a camera brand? Because it's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and so I would be worried, right? So what Olympus announced was that they would be concentrating on their, um, medical and scientific solutions. So again, if you're like, you're thinking, well, what's, what's happening with my consumer camera thing, you know, of course. Um, but it was, um, it was the the Olympus CEO and president who uh, then came out with a statement, um, and he sort of just simply alluded to the fact that they will be looking after their customers, and he sort of alluded to there being a future for you know camera and uh, you know and lens users and photographers as such. So, um, so I think. We're just going to have to wait and see what's actually happening. That could mean a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just, just a, a glimmer of hope, I think. That's what you could say. Mm. Sounds like they'll just continue to provide support for the next few years or whatever. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's, see, if I was invested in to Olympus as a system, I would probably move on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to be safe, to be honest, um, unless, you know, Unless it's a hobby and I don't really, you know, need to kind of look at future bodies or whatever else. But uh, I think otherwise I would probably jump ship right now. I mean, there's going to be a few people that will just hang on to it and use it as like old gear, if you like. But I'd like to think that Olympus will offer a favorable trade-in price for existing Olympus gear that, you know... I don't know. I mean, perhaps the newer stuff, you know, stuff that's been released in the last like five years or whatever, I don't know, whatever they want. But they might just be, they might just be, uh, you know, they might just carry on supporting that stuff until a certain time and then, you know, call it quits. Who knows? I mean, they may, they may be thinking of completely re, you know, rejigging the whole camera division mm. um, until, mm. I, you know, who knows? Um, there's obviously a reason why they've sold the imaging division. So, you know, I think we've all known that things are not well at Olympus for quite some time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, who knows? They may have a, a grand master plan of bringing Olympus back. Who knows? Could be. <laughs> you know, but the competition is stiff. You know, if you look at, if you look all around you, I mean, you know, the playing field has changed. Um, I mean, really, even if you look at uh, some of the, the closer competitors to Olympus, like Fuji, for example, um, you know, they are making waves in the game. Yeah. You know, with with releases like the XT3 or the XT4. 
um, or the GFX series and stuff, uh, you know, cameras and whatever. So, you know, they are really even, I mean, even Fuji is miles ahead of, of Olympus at, at this point. That's not even, we're not even talking about Canon, you know, or, or even Nikon, you know. It feels like Nikon is becoming like, you know, the evil N-word. <laughs> kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like very disappointing. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. So, yeah, it's just been one of these, you know, camera, bits of camera news this week. That I thought, I don't know. Well, I hope we're not sat here in a year's time and saying similar things about Nikon and that they've fallen <laughs> so far behind that... Mm. There's no point in them doing yeah, they're, what they're doing. They're now going to be concentrating that. on flatbed scanners. <laughs> <laughs> Buy yours secondhand on eBay for <laughs> Nikon USB sticks yeah. available now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, um, it's a weird world we live in. It is. It really is right now. But let's see. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Cool. Well, I think that's pretty much it for today's so. episode twenty-four. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. So if you enjoyed this episode, then uh, please subscribe to us on YouTube or um, leave us a, a star rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be super awesome. It really does help the channel and uh, it yeah. will ensure that you know we can be found um, by more people. So uh, on the Apple Podcast app, just scroll down to the bottom and leave us a comment. Uh, that'd be super awesome. And uh, again, if you live in any of the areas we talked about earlier, then uh, you know give us a shout, send us an email. Um, or drop us a line on Facebook. Um, and uh, that's really it for today. They could even do it via the review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, that'd be even that'd better. That'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be even better. That's right. So, yeah, <laughs> leave a review. Um, you know, click subscribe on YouTube because it does make a major difference to us. And we do want to hit that 100 subscriber limit. So that'd be good. Um, but uh, without further ado, that's it from us today. And we'll see you then next Thursday. See you later. Thank you